This is Stories from the Stands. Welcome into this edition of Stories from the Stands. As always, my name is Carolyn. I am your host. I just want to pop in really quick to introduce this week's guest. He is going to be on for a special two-part edition of the podcast. So today and Thursday, it's going to be a continuation of the same interview. I have the director of morale from Twitter. If you follow him on Twitter or you follow me on Twitter, you probably see me retweet him. He is so much fun to follow if you are a Cubs fan. If not, then he might be a little obnoxious. But I hope you guys tune in because he tells some great stories about the Cubs and how he got his start on Twitter and also what he thinks of the White Sox rebuild. So make sure you tune in and let's go to that interview. Welcome on to this edition of Stories with the Stands. As always, I'm your host, Carolyn. And with me is a very special guest. I'm so excited to have him on. I have the director of morale, Dom, on Twitter. Dom, how are you doing today? Carolyn, thank you for having me again. I'm excited to be here and speak with you. Uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. Thanks again for having me. No problem. I've been following you for a while, so this feels kind of like I'm interacting with a celebrity, so that's pretty no. exciting. <laughs> No, um, no, no, no. Can I ask when, how you started following or like what brought you on to it or yeah, you, uh, like, I know you're supposed to be interviewing me, but now I'm curious <laughs> about how you got interested. No, it's totally fair. Um, I think back when I first started getting a little bit more interacting with people on Twitter, um, you were just like someone that was suggested to follow. And I was like, oh, oh this guy looks fun. And I've been following you ever since and, like, seeing kind of the growth from, well, I, I, I don't know how many T-shirts I've owned, but, like, <laughs> you know, just, like, kind of seeing each iteration of a T-shirt. So I feel kind of like uh, an original on that point. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I appreciate it. Was there ever a time where, I, where, you, where you felt like jumping off the bandwagon, the down bandwagon? Like, I was a little too, little too much. I think I think every now and then I'm like, all right, I think this guy is a little crazy. Uh, I think he's a little much. I don't know if I agree with him on everything he says, but uh, at some point I was like, you know what, this guy's having fun. The videos you put out on Twitter are just, you know, I, you probably get it all the time, but they make me want to run through a brick wall. So yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate that. I always <laughs> like to ask. I always like to ask people what about what they. Uh, think because i think self-consciously i have this like stigma that a lot of people hate me because i think there are a lot of people that do hate me and think i'm just a total nut job well um, i'm sure christian yelich isn't super happy with you right now so yeah i mean he's not super happy but i do think there's some part where he appreciates the the banter here and there but eventually they come along eventually they come along eventually they just gotta embrace the ride and go yeah. along with it uh, so for those who don't know uh, what your shtick, for lack of a better term, is on Twitter, why don't you tell the people a little bit about your Twitter account? Yeah, so I, I'm a Cubs fan, obviously. I, and and generally, I'm like a glass half full person. I I have a positive outlook on life, or I try to have a positive outlook on life. I try to see the best in things, and I don't really. I don't know, naturally, I just don't really like to talk negative or get in negative spaces. So as a Cubs fan and as, like, Cubs have gone through this journey of, you know, 
being bad and the rebuild and getting good and having high expectations and fulfilling those expectations, but then potentially coming up short in the years to come, I felt like there was some type of, I don't want to say market, but there was a way for there to be a space where positivity was kind of like the main thing. And then also, you know, I do like to make jokes and I love running jokes. I love jokes that go on for years upon years, whether it be in like sitcoms or, other people's Twitters that can like reference something that they've, they've had a running joke going on for years. And I just think it's so funny. So that's kind of where the sticks come from. And um, yeah, so something like people can relate to hopefully in some sense. Um, but it, it's, it's mainly a place for me. It's like a creative outlet for me to a like it's Twitter I don't feel like I'm really offending people. I'm not saying anything bad. I'm just being kind of ridiculous um, and being over the top with my Cubs fandom. And with addition to that, I'm trying to spread this positive or so message uh, that can get lost in regular mainstream media where everyone wants to build, you know, a team up and then they'll be the first ones to tear you down. I, I don't want to be that. I want to try to continue to build, build whatever team I'm following, obviously the Cubs and try to keep that consistent and, Try to, you know, I don't know, make jokes so people have fun. And I guess that's the reason why you follow. I mean, you could probably speak to it more than I can. Um, and so that's kind of the goal is that, you know, I'm a Cubs fan. I love the Cubs. I, you know, just want to make jokes for people and be funny and try to be relatable in one way or another, but also be ridiculous. Uh and sarcastic and things like that. And that's kind of what I strive for every day. And, you know, we'll see where it takes me or where it's taken me so far. So yeah, that's kind of how it is. I love that. I love a good running joke, uh, especially like on a, on a TV show. So I appreciate the fact that you also do. And I I do see it in your Twitter where you just like keep going with something for forever. That's great. Yeah. Because there's like a point where like, you keep going with something and it's not funny, but then once you break that threshold and then it's just kind of a free for all, and then you can just keep going back to it. Some people don't like it, but for me, it relates to me. And my kind of rule of thumb is if it makes me laugh, then I'm going to tweet it out. It doesn't have to make it. I don't have to feel like it has to make everyone laugh, but it makes me laugh. Then that's kind of what I'm going to go with in terms of the humor side of things. I love it. Uh, so let's dig into a little bit of behind the scenes. I know we talked about before you came on, you wanted to kind of talk a little bit about how this came to be. Cause I, I know a lot of people have like these Twitter accounts that just pop up and like make fun of stuff or like follow something, but how did this come to be for you? Yeah, I think that's kind of the, um, with Cubs fans, you probably hear yourself like they can sometimes be referred to as like fans that just show up. And, you know, use that as like a status symbol or say, I went to a Cubs game and I'm this fan, but really they don't really care. And I feel like with the boom of, uh, you know, Cubs fandom and their, and their, you know, whatever march to becoming relevant and becoming this big team that has been successful, they uh, have seen a lot of fans like that. But for me personally, like this all started when I – um, went to college or I transferred to the school that I end up, ended up graduating from. I was, uh, I played baseball in college and I went to a school on the East coast. I'm obviously, I'm from here. I'm from the Chicago area. 
I don't live far from the field. Um, and I've always grown up in this area, always been around here, high school, everything. Um, and for the first time in my life, I went out to a different place. I didn't, I wasn't living here. I, I went out to the East coast, something new to go play baseball and finish uh, my college career. And when I got there, I was kind of taken aback because if you've ever been to the East coast or somewhere else, there's obviously some type of culture shock because for my for my experience, like when I went out there, things just moved a little bit quicker. Like, I guess I kind of mm -hmm. took for granted, like how slow things are in the Midwest. It, it is like more of like a happy go lucky place. And on the East coast, it's like everyone has a place to be. And if you're not like moving with them, you're in their way. And they, they're a little bit more snarky. They're a little more short with you. They'll like tell it like it is a little bit faster than, than you get here, or especially like, outside city limits like in the country um so I, I learned that like very early on and I was this new new kid who um showed up coming into this this baseball program that just come up, came off like one of the best years in school history went to the NCAA tournament almost beat a power five school in uh first round of the uh, I don't even know, round of 64 in the Division One tournament. And uh, so it was like a lot of testosterone, ego, like expectations, things like that. And, and I'm a new guy coming in. Everyone else is from the East Coast. There are only like three guys that were from west of pretty much like New York. Everyone is from <laughs> the Northeast or New England or, you know. Um, and my kind of personality, if you haven't, if you haven't like, picked it up on Twitter I don't like necessarily just fit in I kind of like march to the beat of my own drum am I saying that correctly yeah that sounds, that, that sounds right <laughs> yeah right so I I kind of like fit my own way in I don't necessarily just like you know whatever be a follower I kind of do my own thing and uh with that when you're this new guy like I said before a lot of testosterone, a lot of egos. Everyone's a Red Sox fan. Everyone's a Yankees fan. Everyone's a, a Met fan, right? So, and I'm this new guy who roots for this team who's been historically terrible. The Cubs have never won a World Series. They're in this rebuild that everyone's kind of unsure about, right? Like, they, yeah, they had drafted Chris Bryant, and they had drafted Solaire, or they had Solaire, Almora, Schwarber, um, but it was still kind of unknown mm -hmm. and me being this like young, I was only like 19 or 20, whatever it was at the time, like this big boisterous attitude. And I was like to fit in, like we're talking about baseball and I, I would just always be like, the Cubs are going to be really good. You guys don't know. The Cubs are going to be really good. You all don't know. And they're like, Fred, like the Cubs suck, man. They're, they're never going to be good. They're never going to do this. They're never like, and I would hear it every day every single day just Fred you're an idiot it's never gonna happen the Cubs have never won a World Series it's been a hundred years this and that all this type of stuff you hear you heard as a Cubs fan right um and I just kept hearing that over and over and it was just and and that was kind of our banter like all the time like just going back and forth and I didn't have anything to back it up I was literally just like referencing like double a stats or you know triple a stats Chris Bryant or, you know <laughs> And, but it got to the point where just like, 
like really emotional, whatever. But one day, and this was kind of like the first instance where um, I kind of felt like some type of either relationship or something that had to do with the Cubs or like some type of like Cubs community that you now see on Twitter. If you, if you agree, like, I feel like there is some, there is some type of community now that either it has to do with morale or just the Cubs, whatever it is, there's some type of community that everyone kind of gets and follows along with. And it was just one day it was in the middle. If you remember in 2014, Jake had an awesome year. It was kind of the end of the second half. Jake had this awesome year. He was like one of the only good guys on that team. Yeah, you had Rizzo. Solaire came up. He hit the that home run, his first at bat in Cincinnati. But we're we're arguing, we're arguing. And one of the guys on the team, he was a he was like a senior, like very well spoken, one of the smartest guys on the team, very like well respected. Everyone liked him. And after like a big argument, he like came up to me in the locker room and he was like he was like, dude, he was like, Jake's going to be really, really good. And I was like, <laughs> that was like the first time I I heard someone be like, wow, you, you agree with what I'm saying. Like, Jake is going to be really, really good. Mm-hmm. And I uh, that was like the first instance where, like, someone had finally agreed with me about a Cubs thing. Fast forward, 2015 happens. And, uh, you know, obviously they have that great year, playoffs. And at that time, I was, like, tweeting out videos on Vine of, like, the Cubs and all this stuff. That's kind of, like, what the content was back then. And that's kind of, like, how my persona as a Cubs fan or my voice as the Dom, for lack of a better term, lack of a better word, uh, kind of developed. Was this, like, everyone's telling you you're wrong. Everyone's telling you you're an idiot. No one's believing in you. No one thinks that what you're saying is correct, all these types of things to where I would push back and counter with like being more positive, being more amped up, being more whatever you hear now, like that I've been tweeting like for years, it developed there before I was tweeting or before I was tweeting like that, before I was the Dom or any morale stuff, it developed there in college. Um, and the reason I bring that up and the reason I'm telling that story is because I now, and I think if you paid attention over this past weekend with the White Sox, um, there was a lot of back and forth with the Cubs fans, White Sox fans, whatever. I got a lot of heat because whenever the Cubs play the White Sox and the Cubs are losing, like it's like all out storm on me. Yeah, um, you're like an easy target. I'm an easy target, right? I'm this very easy target, uh, which... Yeah, I have I have made jokes, but I've actually been very uh, cordial, to put it one way, around like the whole White Sox Cubs thing. Like I I tweeted out a picture of their like empty stadium like once or twice, and White Sox fans act like I committed a felony or something like that. They get so frustrated. Um, but I'm bringing it up because I can relate to the White Sox fan that has been told for years. This rebuild's stupid. Rick Hahn is dumb. Rick Hahn doesn't know what he's doing. The White Sox fans stink. And it's why I don't go out of my way and, like, get into White Sox mentions or, you know, troll White Sox fans super hard, like, when they lose or anything or say, F the Sox. Like, I, ne- I try to never say that because I do think it's important that each fan, like, has the opportunity and the space to cheer for whatever team they're rooting for 
And I think if I think if we all as Twitter users, if you want to call us that, would be a little bit more respectful of that. And granted, I, I make fun of the Brewers and the Cardinals, but that's more out of respect because I've seen them beat us year after year, right? Like I saw yeah. them before 2015, like beat us all the time, World Series, that stuff. 2018, the Brewers won the division, beat us or won the wild card last year. That no, the the Cardinals won the division last year. But you get what I'm saying. Like the yeah. Brewers have beaten us, and I respect what they've done. Like they they make it work. Um, and I, I I think that we should, if if fans kind of uh, took that into account, that these people are just fans of their team, and they should be allowed to tweet out whatever they want. And if they're excited about Tim Anderson and they think he's the best shortstop in the city, then they should just be able to tweet that out, and they shouldn't always feel like they're going to get receded like I do with some people. I do it for Cubs fans because people hate the Cubs. But um, <laughs> you understand what I'm saying. Like, yeah. There should be a space where people should be allowed to do that. And especially with everything going on now, we have enough toxic messaging online and things like that. And I think if we kind of understood that, because I, I've lived it where you get all this hate and all this hate and all this hate, and it doesn't feel good. And I, I don't want that to be put on anyone else, really. And if I'm ever going to go at someone, it's truly going to be as a joke um, and, like, lighthearted. And at the end of the day, if they're like, yeah, you know, you're right, like, fair, like, you got me, it's going to end there. I'm never going to, like, really drag it on. So, um yeah, that's kind of why I wanted to bring up that story. I feel like it was a good representation of how this all started and how I've, I feel like I've kind of matured from the, 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 the fan that was told no and you can't do this, you can't do that, your team stinks, into now being the team with the target on your back that has can empathize with that other up-and-coming team that might be going through the same thing. Okay, that was part one um, Thursday. I'm going to release part two of that interview. Super excited to continue that conversation with the director of Morale. Um, as always, make sure you rate, review, subscribe to my podcast, wherever you get your podcast, And make sure you follow us on social media at Stan's Pod, S-T-A-N-D-S Pod. And make sure you email if you have a story that you want to share, storiesfromthestands at gmail.com. Super excited to continue this conversation starting on Thursday. So stay tuned.